and welcome to JK It's Magic, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse and I'm Kelly. And today we're discussing A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kemmerer. Harper is living in a world, in our world, trying to keep her family safe and spend what little time she has left with her dying mother when she is transported to Emberfall while trying to save someone. And then she finds out that Emberfall is cursed and the only way she can break the curse is by falling in love with the crown prince, although probably technically the king, Ren adventure ensues there's maybe a love triangle and a huge twist at the end this week's call to action is to crip quote unquote your timelines on social media so crip is a word that was reclaimed by disabled people kind of in the similar way that queer has been reclaimed by people in the lgbtq community And so that just means do yourself a favor and follow rad disabled people on social media. And we'll drop some ideas in the show notes. Also check out the work of Sins Invalid, a group based in Tongva territory, AKA the Bay area in California and the disability visibility podcast, which is an incredible show hosted by Alice Wong. Also you can support local mutual aid efforts and the disabled people in your life. XOXO. Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Chronically Ill Gossip Girl. Yeah, Chronically Ill Gossip Girl. Also this week, we're asking that you share the podcast with one bookish friend who you think would enjoy the show. Initial reactions. I love so many things about this book. I loved... (laughs) it was good i loved harper she might be one of the most relatable characters i've read in terms of personality and her willingness to take action i loved ren even though i didn't think i would at first i loved gray even though he was so cranky Uh, i went into this book with no expectations and i just loved everything about it what about you this book was marketed to me as like a retelling of beauty and the beast uh which i think is pretty on point except with the caveat that Kemmerer's version has a lot of twists and also digs into issues of economic inequity and has a badass disabled protagonist, which was my absolute favorite part of the book. Harper, hands down, like you said, she's just, she's kind of like even more Feyre than Feyre. Is that a way of putting it? You know, just like more action oriented and just like takes less shit, which I love. And I can't wait to read the next book in the series. Time to talk about world building in Through the Wardrobe. So we find ourselves spending most of our time with Harper and Emberfall, which is like kind of old timey, I would say. Yeah, kind of like medieval-y. Not really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like Ren lives in a, well, I don't know. Ren lives in a castle. There's not like what we would think of as technology. There's like an evil monster and no one's like surprised about it. I don't know. Medieval's not the right... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how time works. (laughs) (laughs) Medieval magical world, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Regency era? I don't... Mm, Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, medieval might be too old. Yeah. But we also spend a bit of time in our world in DC, which is cool because I don't read a ton of books that take place somewhere I've actually been, and I've actually been to DC quite a few times having 
grown up in Virginia. So it was cool to see them talk about places like DuPont Circle and, you know, like, yeah. I've been there. So that's pretty cool. It's so really cool. I don't have anything for world building. Although Hilo might be contributing his snoring currently in the background. <laughs> I actually don't hear him, but that doesn't mean the microphone doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wands out. Let's discuss all things magic. I think the curse is the biggest bit of magic we have. We have an enchantress, Lilith, and we see her using magic to hurt people. We don't really see any positive uses associated with magic, but I'm guessing that might change. Yeah, Emberfall, like magic has been banished from Emberfall at some point, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Via genocide, which was the king's idea. Yeah, I think it started with banishing people, but then realizing like you can't really tell people not to come somewhere because they'll just do it. <laughs> so yeah, then he killed them all, which did not work. Nope, it did not. In fact, definitely had a backlash. Part of the curse is that a season keeps repeating. And I don't know about you, but I was drawing Sarah J. Mass parallels all over the place with this book. I like wasn't trying to, but it would just like be there. Yeah, it was just like very similar to Corinthian, especially because they're kind of stuck in a perpetual summer. Mm -hmm. I also kept thinking of Sarah J. Mass, even though the books are pretty different, kind yeah. of different. It's hard because they're both Beauty and the Beast retelling. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Hi. Put that together. There we go. <laughs> Ren turns into a dragon-esque creature. I got very, like, Daenerys riding on Drogon vibes from the scene with Harper and Ren when they take out Karis's army. Yeah, it did feel very Game of Thronesy. Maybe there's just, like, a lot of cultural things infused into the novel that we think of, like, as very specific. But, I mean, someone riding a dragon and using it as a weapon it probably isn't that new to literature. No, probably not at all. <laughs> it just comes up a lot in our current literature <laughs> our current pop culture very true gray is also magical which is why i think maybe we will see maybe more positive uses of magic if he learns how to use that in the future he can travel between emberfall and dc we get the sense that that lilith has granted him this ability but now that we know he's a halfling not fond of that term i'm wondering if that power might be his own I really am not sure. Yeah, I am not clear on this at all. I think Gray's, we're only just beginning to see what Gray's power is. Yeah, I think that the author did a really good job setting us up to get his POV in the next story. At mm -hmm. least I'm assuming that's what we're going to get. So I'm excited to read. I don't even know what the next book is called. I should have looked that up. A Heart So Fierce and Broken. Oh, that sounds so sad. <laughs> the version that I have is a paperback and it has a chapter, the first chapter of the novel in the back, and it's from Gray's point of view. So you're totally right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, mine did not have that chapter in it. So that's exciting. And I'm pretty sure the third and maybe final book in the series just came out or is about to come out. Ooh, that's exciting. I so. we, You know that we love having access to a whole series at once. Yes, yes, we do. Even if we don't have time to read them all right now. Right, exactly. Wands <laughs> <laughs> away. Now we're going to talk about conflict, villains, and good versus evil in our segment, Get Me Kylo Ren. 
So one of the bigger villains we have is Lilith. Her motivation is really understandable in that her people have all been killed, mm-hmm. as we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Although I'm a little bit confused as to why. I don't think we've really gotten that backstory, but maybe we'll get more in the future. My impression... Um, she's punishing Ren. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my impression was that the king was afraid of the magic that they had. and thus, Yeah, but why? I don't know. <laughs> Power? Scared? Yeah, of... White dudes are scared of everything. They really are fragile. So fragile. But she's punishing Ren when he doesn't seem to have anything to have had anything to do with it. Do you think she's working with Karis? I definitely don't think she's dead at the end of this. But like, I don't know if she's working with Karis. Like, I don't know what her her plan is. She seems like the kind of person who's mostly out for herself. It just seems like so vengeful, you know, the way that she treats Ren. And because the story is setting it up as she turned on him because he didn't want to, like he, he wouldn't be with her romantically. Yeah. Like wouldn't have an actual, ro- yeah. Romantically, sexually he was fine, but yeah. romantically he was like, no, thank you. They slept together and then he was like, bye. And then she was upset yeah. about that. Plus all the history of his father killing, like committing genocide against all of her people. So yeah, I definitely understood this villain's backstory, but I think that she probably so that's the long way of getting to my point that I think she's probably working with Karis, but only to advance her own agenda. Yeah. This might be a good time to point out that Lilith is like, when you study, like I took a Bible as literature class, which I think is the best way to study it in general anyways. But Lilith is the name of like Adam's first wife, because when you read like the book of Genesis, there is a first wife and then there's like a second one. <laughs> like if you I do didn't a close know this. Yeah, do a close reading of it. And then Lilith is also often associated with with magic as being like the first wife who was like, fuck this. I'm not going to be below Adam. So it's usually associated with the witches. Fun backstory. And yeah. isn't Lilith's brood? Isn't that an Octavia Butler book? Mm, it's um, it's funny because I have that book behind me. It's not Lilith. It's... um. No, it's not Octavia's Brood. I, I gave you Octavia's yeah. Brood. Oh, does she have another book? By the, I'm not sure. Lilith's Brood is a collection of three works by Octavia Butler. Oh, okay, there we go. Xenogenesis Trilogy. So there okay. we go. Didn't know. Boom. Internet, thank you. Know. Yeah, so do a close reading of the of Genesis and you'll see that somehow there were two women, not one. <laughs> Karis Loran is the queen of Sil Shallow. I don't know how I feel about these place names. She knows some shit about Ren's dad and extorting the rich and powerful is a tactic that seems to work quite often since those folks have so much to lose. Yeah, I think I feel bad because it's Ren and I'm like, but he's like a child basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's like 19 years old. It's like one of those like sins of the father things that I find like annoying. I don't like it, Mm -hmm. but... I mean, his dad's dead. He probably deserved it. But like his his whole family was also killed. So I feel bad like about his sisters and stuff. Yeah. And he did it because he couldn't not. Oh, yeah. So terrible. I feel real bad for Ren and Gray too, actually. Yeah. They've both been in the crosshairs of some pretty large drama. It seems like because we don't know what the reveal is of the secret, right? Between that their dad had that Karis knows or something 
Oh, I think the secret is gray. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I think gray's the secret. He's the firstborn, so technically he should be in charge and not Ren. But also he's half magic. I don't know. Yeah, he's half magic, half human. I don't think we have a name for the magical people. Or we do, and I've forgotten. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I wasn't really sure where magic fit into the whole system. It just seemed like it was a magical mm-hmm. world, but it didn't really know who was magical and who wasn't. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that is because they've been like exterminated. So really, the we only have Lilith is the one magical person. And then it turns out also gray. Ah, uh, thank you for explaining this to me. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. I want to say it's early, but it's like, it is I not. guess it's earlier for you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else about Karis? Not really. I don't think we really know that much about her and her motivations. Yeah. I'm guessing we'll see more of her in future books. Most likely. Onward, magical friends. Just as one does not simply walk into Mordor, one does not simply read fantasy without talking about representations of race, class, gender, and ability. This is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate. Race first. Yeah. So we have a ton of white people in this world. Like everyone, right? Just about. Um, I think everyone is white except for Noah. And I want to talk about Noah for a minute. I really appreciated that Kemmerer stated up front that Noah is black. Um, She doesn't describe him using any food-related bullshit. (laughs) She says he's African-American and that's it. Additionally, Noah is a resident at the hospital learning to become a doctor. There are no stereotypes surrounding him. He is the most classically educated person we run into. There isn't even any uneasiness about him in Emberfall, a place where there might not even be any POC. I know Noah's a side character who we don't really get to know very well, but I think we'll get to know him better in the future books. Um, But I really appreciated all those things. Like, I don't think we get to see that with people of color in general in books. So it was really nice, even though he was a side character, that we just got to see all those things and everything about him was positive. And yeah, it was just really great. Even though the book was full of white people, the one black person we did have was like well-written and like well done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not remembering very many skin color descriptions at all. Which is no, usually a problem, either. right? Because it assumes a default a lot of the time. Which is then why we assume that yeah, most everyone sure. is white. I did really like that your your point about that Kemmerer didn't translate racism to a fictional world where it doesn't have any reason to exist. That is, yeah, chef's kiss. Yeah, we don't really see that very Like oftentimes, like the racism of our real world is directly translated into mm-hmm. like the fantasy world. But yeah, we don't really get any of that in this. And I appreciated it. You know, the author is white, so <laughs> it could have easily been written in there, even like unintentionally, you know, because that's the world we live in. Yeah. And especially in a magical world where like magical beings the bad ones are always dark skinned or dark in general. So it was really nice. Mm-hmm. On to class. There is so much class in this book. Um, it kind of reminded me of Akatar when Feyre is trying to get Tamlin to understand what it means to be starving and poor. Totally. But unlike Tamlin, who is the worst, Ugh. Ren basically is like, 
that's not something I've ever experienced, but let me help in all the ways my privilege allows me to. And he starts like giving out free food and spending his money and giving people jobs and like letting them stay at the manor house or the castle or whatever it is. And I was just like, that's cool. He starts giving away his power as one should. The redistribution of resources and power, like decision making, that's, you know, getting modeled, which I think is really cool. It's refreshing to not have like this guy who could have been very prickly and I don't know, like an asshole about it all. It's just like, no, I'm going to follow Harper's lead. It seems like she really knows what she's doing. Yeah, like she knows what the people need. Yeah, exactly. Shocker that the people most affected by these systems are the ones who should be leading the way to build new things. Another one of the main class issues in this book is that medical debt is the cause of the family's desperation. It's what led Harper and what's his name? Jack? John? Jake. Jake. Thank you. Jack, John, Jake. Thank you. Jake's dad to seek out loans from these unsavory characters that are then coming after the family after the dad split. And then why Jake has to be an enforcer or whatever. So like desperate circumstances create acts of desperation. Yeah, it just was really real. And I think uh, pertinent to the current moment, seeing like medical debt be the core cause of this family's strife and then knowing that that's happening on a massive scale at this point i mean in the u.s but also you know globally yeah that part was really relatable especially when you think about the dad's gone so technically he should be responsible for the the finances in the situation but it's like fallen to the children even though technically i don't think medical institutions are supposed to come after the kids Hmm. Um, but they but they will unless you say you know you legally can't do this yeah this is what happens when you have a for-profit medical system yeah for sure it's terrible do you want to talk about gender do i ever (laughs) (laughs) it was a pretty binary gender wise but i mean so have all almost all of the books that we've read for the podcast, honestly. I think we have several non-binary authors coming up. We do. I'm very excited. So there was something that stuck out to me on page 75 when Ren is trying to get Harper to act a certain way when they go to the inn for the first time. And he says, when you travel with me, people will assume that you are a lady, a servant or a whore. His eyebrows go up. Would you prefer one of the latter? So I just wanted to take this chance to say hi there. This is a pro sex work podcast and there's nothing wrong with being a servant or a whore. Yeah. All those things are fine. Like, I mean, and it's hard because Harper is like, fine, I'll just pretend to be a lady or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it really does. I mean, it it benefits her the most also because it's how she's treated the best. But it's a good time to like remind people that you should just treat all people like people (laughs) instead of being shitty based on like their position in life or the job that they do. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of discussions about consent in the book, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. But when Ren and Harper are discussing, you know, this dynamic where he's basically had to kidnap someone, had to quote unquote, kidnap someone every season every three months for the past however long i don't know five years five years that's a lot of people 
a lot. So I think it's probably like every it's every three months for five years because that's about how long a season is. So Ren explains that rape is a crime worse than murder in Enverfall because, quote, in death, the crime ends, end quote. And that's on page 120. That was like, whoa, that was big. I don't know what to think about that. Well, and it kind of makes sense, I guess, when you think about it, like obviously being murdered is terrible, but the people who suffer the consequences are the people who are left behind. Like they miss you and, you know, they feel wronged in some way, but any crime committed against a person who continues to live after that, like it makes them fear for their life in other ways or like for the safety of themselves. Yeah. um, In a way that I don't think is the case when, when someone is murdered like i don't know how what happens when we die but i'm gonna guess that you're not worried about being murdered anymore (laughs) (laughs) because that would have already happened yeah i just i wasn't expecting this and um wanted to bring it up it's also kind of nice to see in like a book that's set in like this medieval or medieval like regency era time or whatever because i think we don't think of the protection of people's bodies as being really important during those times. And it's nice to see otherwise. Yeah, I guess it, it just insinuates perhaps that rape culture doesn't work the same way in Emberfall as it works here. Yeah, for sure. On page 127, Harper says, I'm kind of done with prideful men. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> such a mood. Yeah, I get that. Oh, God. Lord help us. (laughs) It seems like as far as coloniality goes, we have some royals, a.k.a. Karis, trying to take more power and land. So what's new? It's a through line in fantasy, I would say. You know, this sort of like conquest. Yeah, especially in the ones that take place like outside of our real world, like the high fantasy novels, I would say definitely get more land someone's trying to take over something from someone yeah although i guess even in the ones we read that take place in our real world like uh blades of black that is also the case so Mm -hmm. probably because it just is so ingrained within our real world i guess yeah people are always trying to take things from people Mm -hmm. (laughs) stop being so greedy (laughs) y'all just share let's talk about ability body minds those sorts of things so harper has cerebral palsy which she also calls cp um so we'll link to some resources from the cdc and the mayo clinic um because it wasn't something that i had much knowledge about at all so i did some research to look at some of the symptoms and like what causes it and there's like a plethora of things and there's a spectrum on which like someone's cerebral palsy affects their day-to-day life it's really important to kind of look into those things and see how different i i mean I'm interested in the medical aspect, but also it's good to know that, like, if someone told you they had cerebral palsy, like, it's good to have some kind of background knowledge, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I would say for that Crip Camp on Netflix, it would be a great resource to watch. It's a documentary about this camp for disabled folks. And yeah, just a lot of interviews with a lot of really rad people. And yeah, I think just like representation is important that's why this you know part of why this podcast exists or a large core reason why it exists that was definitely something that increased the visibility of people with cp in a way that i hadn't seen before and the same thing with the disability visibility project and podcast which i shouted out at the top um they have a new anthology out that i'm gonna order stat another tv series that has like really good disability in it is speechless 
it was like an ABC show, but the main character is disabled and the actor is actually disabled, which is, you know, not always the case, would recommend that show. Um, but the main character has cerebral palsy, but to a different extent than mm-hmm. Harper. He's wheelchair bound and cannot talk. So as you can tell, like there's a wide spectrum of the way that cerebral palsy can affect a person. Check it out. I also think I've heard that it's more appropriate to say using a wheelchair, uses a wheelchair. So that's it. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned also that Harper and Jake's mom has terminal cancer. So this idea of illness and sickness is very prevalent in the novel at all. Um, but it's not stigmatized, I don't think, which is really important. Yeah, like mostly we see Harper wanting to get back to her mom so she can spend some time with her before she dies because she knows that's going to happen, which is really tough. Like that would be hard because you can kind of see how she kind of forgets about what's going on in D.C. the longer she stays in Emberfall. So that would be really hard. Yeah, it would. When we meet Gray, he is literally drugging and kidnapping a woman. (laughs) No, 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 no. Which is why Harper attacks him. So there's a lot of talk about consent in this book, which was really appreciated. But I'm also like, Gray and Ren, like you're going about this completely the wrong way. Yeah, it was like approached, but I don't think resolved like the consent issues. No, I think Harper is there and consents, but like that doesn't absolve them of all the stuff that's happened in the past, you know? Also, like, why didn't he just go to D.C. and try and fall in love with someone in that world instead of, like, drugging and kidnapping people back? It was just really weird. Yeah, that does seem like, you know, not the right way to start out a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to, I mean, like, I don't... if you only have three months, like, that would take a long time to get over. Well, not only that, Harper mentioned Stockholm Syndrome, where she's like, yeah. I will not let this happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny because I'm like, yeah, right. I know you are. Like, it's a YA book that I'm reading. That's how these books work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) In that same scene, though, when Harper sees Gray taking this person, she thinks Jake will lose his mind if I call the cops. So also, sidebar, don't call the fucking cops. We're going to link to some resources of this really cool zine called 12 Things to Do Instead of Calling the Cops. And then there's a really powerful article that I found on The Root, but content warning for racist police violence. And it says, if you, it's called, If You Love Me, Do Not Call the Police. So I think especially important for white people to keep this at the forefront of our minds. And I think we see it a little bit when um, Harper is talking about how, like, she seemed a little concerned about, like, what would happen to Noah if they called the police, like, to his family. Yeah. Um once when they're trying to I don't remember what's going on but I think she's trying to like she's worried about like Noah's things were at their house Mm -hmm. and if the police when the police come that'll be bad for his family so I guess even in like in that context we see a concern for like black people and the involvement of the police and what that could mean for them Mm -hmm. or at least that's the way I read it (laughs) yeah yeah definitely Finally, it's time for Shipwrecked, a segment about asexuality, sexuality, sex, romance, and relationships. 
And sometimes we take liberties and do some shipping of our own. So Gray breaks the curse. The power of friendship and love of another person in a non-romantic way is just so sweet and so nice to see. Like, yes, we still have this whole possible love triangle with Harper, Ren, and Gray. But it's ultimately Gray's love of Ren that breaks the curse. And that was just like so cute. (laughs) So cute. It was like in Frozen. So reminded me of Frozen. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. I'm going to start singing on this (laughs) podcast now. Not even (laughs) the best song in the movie. (laughs) I don't know why people are obsessed with that song. (laughs) Libre soy. It's so good in Spanish. I am free. (laughs) Oh, that is nicer. Like, it's so good. Yeah, I liked this a lot and was not expecting it, honestly, because they were, um, you know, shipping Ren and Harper so hard in the book. Yeah. What What are your thoughts about the love triangle possibility? Lasai. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I At the same time, I think I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I shipped Harper and Gray early on, especially in the scene where they were just like playing cards or whatever. And then Gray explains to Ren, like, I didn't do anything. I just asked her if she want to play cards with me. I mean, I like Ren, but I also think that Harper would be fine without either one. She already has Freya as a friend who can also sew up her battle wounds. I loved that scene where Freya's like, get the fuck out of the way. You're not going to sew up this person's face. And then she also likes horses and she has her brother and Noah. So, okay. I do not like her brother. Let me just put that out there. I don't like Jake. Me either, particularly. He's, like, overprotective, which is not a good look. No, it was really annoying to me. Very toxic masculinity, so no thank you. Yeah. I think when Ren and Grey find out that they're siblings, I don't know, maybe that will, like, come to the forefront and the romantic thing will fade into the background. I don't know. I feel like I'm really bad at love triangles because I always just pick one side and have no idea how anyone could pick the other one. So, <laughs> what are you, um, so you have a particular side that you're on? Oh yeah, I'm on team gray. No, sorry, Ren. I meant Ren. That was that was a mistake. I'm on team Ren. Okay, I'm I on like him. I'm on team gray, so. Oh, interesting. Like I was always team Edward. Oh, really? I was totally team Jacob. I, it's hard for me because I I almost always go with whoever she picked first. I'm like, that's fine. Actually, except for in Vampire Diaries. I mean, I know technically she picked Damon first, but we don't know that till like really far in. But I don't like people who follow the rules. They're very annoying to me, even though I'm a rule follower. I don't want that <laughs> in my <laughs> love stories. Ren seems like more of the bad boy than Gray, which is probably why I like him more. <laughs> which is like why I like Rasand. You know? Yeah. Well, also, Rhysand, there's just, he never had any competition. Well, I didn't realize that when I read the first book. I was Team Tamlin. I know. It was Mm-mm. wrong. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I just I just didn't see it with Gray and Harper. Like, there were, like, these little clues that they were maybe, I couldn't tell if it was friendship or romantic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think I would rather them be friends. Yeah. I just think, like, he never assumed things about her, like Ren did. Mm-hmm. like Ren would always say things like but you're in or at the beginning he would say things like but yeah. you're injured and Gray yeah. didn't make assumptions like that or about or like her capacity or not to use different weapons and so I think like what I appreciated is the way that Gray treated and treats Harper more so than Ren 
I just got all the Ren feels. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, even though I don't like him, <laughs> I have to talk about Jake and say that Jake is queer. So we're hopefully going to see how that plays out in Emberfall because we, like you mentioned, just see like hetero couples. <laughs> yeah. In the story. It's super binary and hetero um, for the most part. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that works in Emberfall. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I want Jake to go back to D.C. Noah can stay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Goodbye, Jake. Yeah. They need his, like, doctor, doctory skills. It's true. (laughs) There's this moment during a Ren POV chapter. It says, Gray and I never discussed the time before. It's laden with too many wrongs on both our parts. But maybe the knowledge that this is our final season has loosened something in him the way it has changed something in me. End quote. That's from page 206. Let me just say that people socialize as male need to talk about shit more. It creates a lot of issues when we don't air problems and address conflict directly and generatively. And then seek repair and accountability. Yeah, and probably do it earlier rather than later so that it doesn't cause resentment for 300 seasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about writing style, narration, characterization, plot structure, and basically whatever else comes to mind in a segment called Kill Your Darlings. The plot was at the end. What (laughs) the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Like, Grey is really the heir to the throne, and the book started off with a ton of action, so there was no buildup to get into the story, which I really loved. I just... It was just really good. I just... The writing was good. The pacing was good. Like, everything was good. Suspension of disbelief, good. Rad characters, good character development. I thought the your point about the pacing, yes. Super good. The only thing I couldn't get, I, I couldn't understand how they were pronouncing DC in, <laughs> in Emberfall. I was like, dis, dissy, DC. I, I was like, I, I, I wish I would have listened to the, I, yeah, I was like, oh. I, I wish I listened to the audiobook so I could get some of the like, you know, pronunciations, mm-hmm. but it's fine. <laughs> I propose a new section of this segment called Smells Like YA, in which we find silly quotes about you guessed it, descriptions of scents from the books that we read. I remember these from SJM, but I've been thinking about this for a while now, and it just kind of makes me chuckle. So on page 74, there's an example. Quote, we formed this little cocoon of warmth, and his jacket, fur-lined leather, smells like oranges and cloves. (laughs) What do you think about the smells in YA? Have you ever noticed that? That sometimes they're like citrus and sea air or something like that. I think that was resand. Yeah, it's funny because I think we talked about this when we did our <laughs> Akamath episode. Yeah. Um, at least oranges and cloves maybe make sense. Like yeah, maybe that would they make put sense. something into that leather or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah, citrus and sea air. I think I just saw like these little candle melts that you could get for like that were hunt scented, like hunt from. Oh my God, what? Whatever. And it was like something, something and like rainfall. And I'm like, how do you even capture the smell of the rain? I don't, you know, I don't understand where this comes from. I don't understand. Uh, this one, you're totally right, is very, like, grounded, down to earth, and feasible. But I, And I particularly like the ones that are ridiculous. 
So I'm going to be keeping an eye out and an ear out. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I just don't understand where the smells come. Like, I've never smelled a person. <clears throat> I've never smelled a person. And been like, <laughs> they smell like rain, you know? Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, they probably smell like whatever deodorant they're wearing or perfume or whatever. But it's never like they smelled like the forest, you know? <laughs> no it's just weird it is i don't get it it's a cute I think that, it's a cute little ya quirk that i just love i think that they're like trying to include all the senses within the story which i totally get but i'm 100 like, I, I don't know where you're like why don't you just sm- <laughs> describe the smell of foods or like i'm imagining in that during this time there's lots of terrible smells because they don't have indoor plumbing <laughs> <laughs> like describe some of those <laughs> So there, there is this moment in the book where Freya starts repeatedly brushing Harper's curly hair. <laughs> and I was like, I thought this was a no, but I also have the straightest hair ever. So I am the, the furthest thing from an expert. But I, I read this and I was like, um, what? I think I kept forgetting that Harper had curly hair because she's white. That's not to say that white people can't have curly <laughs> hair. I know they can, but it just made me like... I just assumed straight hair unless told otherwise, even though I was told I kept forgetting. Yeah, you were told multiple times. I know. (laughs) You're right. This is a no, but I don't know if it's the case for white people with curly hair. My cousin's white and she has curly hair and she's also like never brushes her hair. Okay. Yeah. My hair is like on the spectrum from like white hair to like person of color hair. My hair is like more towards the white hair <laughs> end of the spectrum like texture wise which are like there are actual numbers there's like an actual system yeah <laughs> yes there is an actual system i'm like a 3b maybe 3c but yeah don't brush curly hair you can't maybe it was wet then you can i mean you're only supposed to comb it with conditioner in it you're getting all these hair tips people if y'all need curly hair tips please reach out i have tons i have resources I, I would Products, love to share that with you. Companies to buy Products. from, black owned. Yes, definitely. I mean, and if you're white, like so- <laughs> one time this girl was like, what do you use in your hair? And I was telling her like, <laughs> about the Cantu line. Like, it's really great. I mostly just use the shampoo at this point, but she was like, I don't know where to find that. And I'm like, you find it in like the multicultural hair section, which is where they put most of the curly hair products. And she's like, oh, that's not for me. And I'm like, you can shop in that section, you know? <laughs> she was a stranger who came up to me at the library to ask, but... To ask about your hair. Luckily, she didn't ask to touch your hair. I know. Oh my God. But go to the multicultural section and just find stuff from there and try it out. It's really great. It's the best curly hair products and... They'll be free of all the things that shouldn't go in your hair. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know why Freya was brushing her hair. That's a really good point. Recommend if you like. I have two books, maybe. Definitely Akatar for the curse-breaking, fast-paced, Beauty and the Beast retelling. I think Library Thing recommended All the Stars and Teeth by Adeline Grace if you like fast-paced books about people trying to take back their kingdoms actually this was not library thing this was novelist but still that one seemed like really cool and I'm like I want to read that book now that one does sound good and I had some shows that came to mind like if you enjoyed The Witcher or if you like Once Upon a Time or Merlin those sorts of kind of high quote-unquote high fantasy shows I think you'd like the book yeah maybe also oh never mind (laughs) 
never mind just got that out but <laughs> i was about to, i was like i was thinking like oh yeah and once upon a time but you literally just said that i did i did because <laughs> it goes back and forth between like magical real world kind of yeah and like the retelling of a thing that's already in our popular imagination yeah although it's not as good as in, in like it's not as good in the later seasons i mean i, I have it. watched like one episode ever so sebastian stands in some of it okay well mad hatter i mean i would youtube the compilation of his scenes <laughs> i don't think it's necessary just like watch winter soldier slash civil war mm. <laughs> before we end it's time for real talk did reading this book make your perspective change in any way or did it make you interrogate a concept system or trend that you hadn't before yes indeed jesse it did it did compulsory heterosexuality of the curse perhaps as the curse because the way people interpret how the curse needs to be broken like just kind of goes to show that what we've been socialized to believe limits the horizons of our vision so like why Ren and Gray are only looking to kidnap unsuspecting women or AFABs instead of working on their own relationship and so this is you know gets me thinking about why Fantasy and science fiction are so incredibly necessary because we have to do some really radical visioning, especially at this moment in time. And on that point, I would say check out the anthology Octavia's Brood, which is on the shelf behind Jesse. And the Allied Media Conference is July 24th, Writing New Worlds Plenary, which had Alexis Pauline Gums, Alexis DeVoe, and Walida Imarisha. You can watch the whole thing, actually. And it is, it was so good. It was so, so, so good. But anyway, compulsory heterosexuality as a curse. That's my takeaway. Okay. I think you have another. <laughs> I do also have another one. Harper, at one point, is talking to Ren after she gets this scar on her or the cut on her cheek, right? She says, I wasn't perfect before. I'll get over it. And that's on page 242. And I'm learning how perfectionism is tied to white supremacy. And I would urge others to look into that as well. Other characteristics of white supremacy culture, this is via Surge showing up for racial justice, include sense of urgency, defensiveness, quantity over quality, worship of the written word, paternalism, either or thinking, power hoarding, fear of open conflict, individualism, progress is bigger or more, objectivity, and right to comfort. So if any of those are ringing any bells or tingling any, any nerves, maybe investigate further. I don't have anything. <laughs> you just love the book. I just love the book. It was really good. I would like to write a book now with someone with a, an invisible, invisible disability. I don't think we get enough. Oh, hi. For that. I know. Hi. I know. Hair toss. <laughs> hello um uh, maybe one day uh, i'm not setting it in regency times because i'm gonna need indoor plumbing <laughs> yeah no uh-uh i would have died i mean literally would have died literally but... like what would we have done well i mean literally i got c diff yeah you would have died and i would have died c diff plus flare like i was in the hospital i would have just died <laughs> yeah it would be hard it's just yeah there'll be no medieval fantasy for this <laughs> invisible illness no. book also, it was really, well, not in this story, but I was thinking, um, I just read Kindred, the graphic novel, mm -hmm. and it's like, you can't go back in time if you're a person of color. Like, that just, like, no, I can't do that. Like, I can go back to, like, maybe the 80s, maybe the 70s, maybe 
and also where you go back in time yeah matters too yeah for sure like i'm like oh it'd be so cool to like go see shakespeare like during shakespeare's time but i'm like i don't think oh, i can wait. do that racism i would need to go back in time and also be white <laughs> white dude preferably <laughs> <laughs> We could white dude cosplay before we time travel. Yeah. Thanks for listening to JK It's Magic. We'll be back in two weeks for a discussion of Bruja Born by Zoraida Cordova. As always, we'd love to be in conversation with you, magical folks. Let us know what you think of the episode, anything we missed, or just say hi by dropping a line in the comments or by reaching out to us on Twitter or Instagram at JKMagicPod. You can post or tweet about the show using the hashtag critically reading, and you can contact us via email at jkmagicpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to JK It's Magic on the podcast app of your choice, and we'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show and spread the word to other rad people out there. If you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation to us on Coffee. You can support us monthly on Patreon in exchange for mini-sode, bonus apps, swag, and more. And you can support the show by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Kelly is recording on Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho land. Jesse is recording on Peoria, Kaskakia, Payankasha, Weya, Miami, Muscotin, Odawa, Sak, Meskwaki, Kickapoo, Potawatomi, Ojibwe, and Chickasaw land. Until next time, stay magical. Stay magical.